anarchists, violent mobs, arsons, looters, criminals, rioters. Poor kids are just as bright and just as tall as white kids. I said, please don't be too nice. We choose truth over facts. I am your president of law and order. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. In the white room with black curtains near the station. Black room Inside Agitator episode thirty-two. <clears throat> yes, and we're here today to talk about America's favorite popular black man. Sort of the establishment's favorite. <laughs> America's uh, America's favorite uh conqueror. Yes, yes. And uh you know, it really bothered me throughout the Fain week. the God we're talking about, by the way. Oh course. yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, it just really bothered me that, you know, there's some dude in a think tank right now who thinks I get the majority of my news from uh the Breakfast Club. <laughs> And I'm just sincerely just this has been in the back of my mind all the time. And I'm just like, fuck, man. Like, <laughs> It's so true because I also feel like the majority audience of The Breakfast Club now is like white teenagers in hip hop. as well. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, there's no it's not like it was used to be like Hot 97 was playing on a boombox in New York City. Like, it's not it's not what it once was. Like, it's not. Oh, it, yeah. No, those days are like long same. over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The it, it's funny. You sent me an article about how uh, Charlemagne has sort of just been propped up as like the black voice of America, and now does political interviews, and now is the place for uh, establishment candidates to go get their message out to the black youth. You know, yeah. like that's sort yeah, of yeah, that, yeah. where put that the place that like the Breakfast Club has become. So, yeah. uh, what is your thoughts on, like, I guess the evolution? Well, no, not not even there. Let, let me let, let's go to something funny real quick. What is your favorite Charlemagne moment ever? I could go first, or you can go first, because I got about like three. Like, wow, <laughs> I have to say, um, and like, I don't, I don't like logic. I'm really not a logic yeah. fan at all. Um, <laughs> so, like, I normally would be like, yeah, fuck logic. But this was, like, way over the line. Um, Yeah. Basically, he was talking about trigger warning, by the... Like, trigger warning rape. Yeah, Uh, very big, yeah. He's talking about how his sister was raped. And, like, Charlemagne's implying that he's, like, a pussy for having not gone and killed the people that raped his sister. And he literally asked him, point blank in the interview, So who who raped you? And he's, like, trying to change topics. And Charlemagne leans into the mic and goes, So, uh, so who raped your sister? (laughs) It's like, like whoa, like, like calm down, buddy. God. Yeah, um, the, you know, and there's just funny like uh, gif images of him staring at uh, guests' tits, and just like he's yeah. just a funny dude. Um, yeah, he's sniffing J Lo's butt seat. Yeah, <laughs> or, like, yeah. The seat, yeah. He's the man's comedy, um, and sometimes you know maybe a little creepy and where it's not so funny. But it, on top of that, he's just. Um, he will purposefully say inflammatory and contrarian things with hip hop opinions. So it's funny to hoist someone like that yeah. as uh, someone who you think would be a dependable um, s- person to prop up who has like dependable middle of the road views. And and I do think it's funny. And and whoever at the think tank uh, made the choice of like this is our guy, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. he 
they do regret it sometimes because I have to say there were moments even this summer during the beginning of the Black Lives Matter protest. I actually think we played Charlemagne on this pod because he did a bit about like, I do want to hear from white activists in the street and I don't want to shun them from the movement. Like this is going to take everybody. And he was kind of pushing back against some of what we were calling copaganda early on that was trying to divide up the movement and kind of break up the solidarity that was being built. So, like, mm-hmm. there have been times Charlemagne's, like, on the right side of things just by virtue mm-hmm. of being kind of a contrarian. Uh, and, and that's what I've known him as, is, like, a music journalist, you know? Um, as contrarian as you're going to be on Hot 97, which has very much become, like, a mainstream... Like, you, 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 don't, you don't hear, like, underground hip-hop on Hot 97 anymore. And that, oh, I guess, no. was kind of my point with saying, like, it's not playing out of boomboxes in New York City anymore. Like... Yeah, Hot 97 does not represent, like, real hip-hop, or nor do I think has, like, a connection to the hood that, you know, people ascribe it to have. I think those days are, like, long over. Yeah. It's a, it's a wing of, like, the corporate music machine, more than anything. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that, uh, well, that article makes a point that that he is, like, sort of perfect for the the sphere i guess because you know he has such a wide audience and connects to like white teenagers and yep. like black teenagers so what do you yep, what yep, do you yep. think about like where where does he stand as in terms of like the political spectrum because that's sort that's sort of like where i don't know really where to place him so know? it's funny because it, 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 it and this is i think part of why you know you would see him as representative of a good portion of like black america because he does represent that kind of uh what you would jokingly call Forex and LLC Twitter mentality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, fact, yeah. though. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, um, oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, people who really love the song Classic Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, people who like, dress exactly like that, who, yeah. get line up, who get lineups for $80 every two weeks yeah. for a barber to yeah. put gloves on and line you up, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, that there's kind of that whole. And he, what's his book called again? Do you remember what his book is called? Uh, hold up, I can look it up real quick. It's called something wildly, uh, almost right wing. It's like very hyper capitalist, very like, you know, it's about the, it's like, what is it? <laughs> It's called uh, Black Privilege Opportunity <laughs> Comes to Those Who Create It. Yeah. So, it's, like, it's one. that's right and wing. <laughs> that's a right yeah. wing opinion. That, <laughs> like, th- that that feels like a, bull, a pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of statement right there, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, 100%. And, like, and, you know, not to do the Obama thing of, like, yeah, these they watch the hip hop and it's gold, like Donald Trump. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But there is, mm. out of necessity, this grind, like that hyper-capitalist grind, get over on everyone else, I gotta get mines mentality, is reinforced just by economic circumstances more than fucking anything. And it creates a whole culture that, listen, it everybody suffers from. It's it, Listen, there are more white teenagers coming out of high schools with like 20,000 their dad gave them to invest, talking about the entrepreneur hustle mindset than anything. But like, you know, mm. it is... There's kind of that whole strain, um, and and he rep- he very much is like a voice of that, which makes sense why he's also and once again that also I think a hundred percent has to do with his like hip hop roots. That is like that is where hip hop, which was something that was so countercultural and still is to an to an to an extent, 
that's where the big co-option of, of rap really was, was in it becoming kind of hyper-capitalist movement, music in the late 90s, like, you know, um, where that was, that's that's what it is, you know, that's, that's mm -hmm. what a lot of the music is. Yeah, no, that's like, but you know, like like you said, it's it's because of the situations that they are put in, and they have to you know strive to get out of, mm -hmm. and that's kind of mm -hmm. what you just have to do. Yeah, because and, and I you know think... you don't know you necessarily know about opportunities when you're in those situations because you know they're just not presented to you. Like yeah. what, what is the old yeah. saying? You, what, what you either do you pick up a mic or play ball? You know. Yeah, yeah. That's um, not necessarily the case for me because like I grew up, you know, here in like a rural part of north carolina but you know still i, I get it <laughs> yeah no 100 percent. but but i i think you're in tune with all of that you know i don't think yeah. being in a rural area you know precludes you from any of that i think it maybe intensifies it if anything yeah I, yeah i think so maybe uh it's weird you say that because i don't know i noticed that like more like of these like small towns and even like like how you said like new york is segregated between like you know long island and then there's like the the bronx and all that like Harlem yeah yeah, and all yeah. That side. yeah you know i think i noticed that like here even in my own hometown there's like this section of my own hometown where like it's just all the black people like live and that's like sort of just the community you know yeah. And I didn't yeah. really like it didn't register with me that like that's how things are set up in places and like it's just so much more prevalent than you actually notice. But anyway, yeah. we're getting off topic. Uh No, not really. I think this is like important. Mm -hmm. This is this is important discussion. But yeah, and I yeah. and like here's the thing. How does Charlemagne end up really representing like people from that I'm not going to say what town North Carolina, but how like, you know, there's a huge yeah. disconnect there, and just because he's black and uh, and and in the hip hop community doesn't mean that he's not someone who I like we've alluded to has been really successful, is probably very hyper capitalist, does believe you could pull yourself out of circumstances, and and all, all things that probably lead to a more neoliberal view of politics. I think he's kind of willing, like we talked about the Joe Biden speech and how it was like. You know, so everyone can succeed to their God-given ability. Like, I don't mm. think that's something someone like Charlemagne would take issue with, you know? But I do think yeah. that's someone, something someone like you would take issue with. Like, no, mm. there are people that don't have a God-given ability to, like, fucking make it out. <laughs> that's just not a reality. Exactly, um, yeah. You just, especially you when the it. standards have been raised so high for success. Um, it's, you know, it's not happening. Um, but, yeah. yeah, that's... That's a good point, um, but yeah, Charlemagne. What was about? Fuck, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> You're good. Charlemagne's a goofball, though, right. and it, so it's funny. I like. I think as someone who grew up with Charlemagne and grew up like as a when I'm in the in this eighth grade, I'm like laughing at Charlemagne's antics and his crazy opinions on hip hop, and it's so weird. Like, like a lot of things are weird now, you know, it actually mm. isn't even that weird compared to how weird other shit is, but it's weird to like, oh, Charlemagne's the dude having a sit down with Joe Biden and addressing issues in the black community. Like it's char like Charlemagne's the man in charge of this, <laughs> like, like, you know, there's kind of just like a, uh, the dude that sniffed JLo's seat is now the one yeah. that's like Joe Biden 
please don't let black America die. Yeah, <laughs> right? the, the same man that said he would suck Takashi 69's dick if he beat that case. <laughs> the same dude. Same fucking dude. Bro, I forgot about that shit. Dude, it's... Uh, <laughs> it's just tough. It's that, like, how is this... And, and hilariously, we and this is an interview we also played on this podcast, he, Joe Biden snapped at Charlemagne and was like, if you ain't voting for 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 Joe, you ain't black. That was that was yeah. the Charlemagne interview, and 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 listen, Charlemagne can be kind of an aggressive interviewer. He was very lightly pressing Joe Biden, and like I said, like mm-hmm. he's not some radical socialist. This is a guy who's like his book was called Black Privilege. <laughs> like this yeah. is not yeah. This <laughs> <is> like <laughs> him and Joe Biden probably have a lot of common ground. Like yeah, and exactly, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and just and just to ask for a little crumb, um, he he gets like yelled at by Joe Biden and, and implied that he's that he's not black. Um, there were some leaked calls actually. Um, I that was we just don't need... about to bring that shit up. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, go ahead. The, yeah, there there's some leaked calls with a bunch of I think civil rights activists were uh, talking to Joe. The, yeah, yeah. There's talking to Joe Biden about what are the current next steps going, you know, into the next hundred first hundred days and you know, how they are kind of dissatisfied with what they've been seeing and, you know, um how they feel like they just haven't had any support from the White House on these issues that are so pressing for this country and for people yeah. like me, you know? Yeah. So uh, th- then Joe Biden basically says, Hey Jack, I've done everything I can for you. Fuck off. Yeah. You yeah, see what no, I did truly. in Charlottesville? I was the only person fucking talking about it. Now fuck off. Which is now, like obviously a he didn't say lie. that. No, he but yo, dog, you're not yeah, carrying paraphrasing. Like, that is pretty like, much I'm, what he yeah. said. Yeah. Like bro He's, literally he, told him I'm the only person that talked about Charlottesville, which like is a lie. And he also had played right into Trump's both sides narrative all fucking summer about Charlottesville. So like mm-hmm. to even put Charlottesville in his mouth is like disgusting. But what's funny is this is like a voice call of like, once again, like neoliberal handpicked black leaders. Like he's not on the phone with fucking Fred Hampton here. Like this dude's like very Mm. lightly asking him. So like, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to dis. literally what he said was we don't want to disappoint people who voted for you that felt like they weren't getting the best deal. We got to give something to black America. And Joe Biden basically implied that since he was the one that beat Trump, he doesn't owe them anything. And and the sad reality is like mm. he's kind of right. We he do, we lost all our leverage when everyone decided like, well, we're just gonna vote. For, like we have no leverage with this guy. He he ran on a fuck the left platform one, and so like he he is. I'm not. It's disgusting. He's a fucking pig. But he has every right to say fuck off. We lost all the all leverage, and and by completely mm. getting folded into the Democratic Party, um, which. Sadly, I think kind of applies to what we talked about last episode, Medicare for All. We just kind of can't let ourselves get folded in. We have to keep the energy and and not mm-hmm. let the system fucking eat us so they can basically tell us to fuck off. But yeah, same fucking deal. Not extreme people, barely pushing him, and he completely self-destructs. D- didn't do the you're not black thing, but basically was like yelled and was offended. At Did the something I, I think is infinitely fucking worse. I am, in my opinion, literally just so disgusting to me for you to just like, to like, like you said, being lightly pushed. And then for him to say that, 
Yeah. And these are like NAACP so... leaders that like told everyone you have to vote for Joe Biden. These are yes, people exactly, that were like, like 100% towing the party line, telling people don't destroy property, like pushing right-wing talking points about looters because they thought that that would help. That was what was best. We got to move forward peacefully. Like let's let's work with the Democrats. Like these are people that were 100% on Joe Biden's team and he's like fuck you. Like these like once again, this is not Fred Hampton he's on the phone with. Like this is this is like leaders from Georgia that also he's not done needing them. <laughs> We need yeah. to win. Yeah, we still need them. Hence, why he's even on. First of all, there wouldn't have even been a fucking conference call to be leaked if he didn't still need them, and and that goes to show like how little power we really have. Um, yeah, yeah, I, and and <laughs> it's fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy, dude. Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, but going back to Charlemagne, quick, I guess a, a question. What do you? What point do you think it turned for like Charlemagne being a guy who is, uh, you know, the guy who just gets the fucking reaction thing, gets the the minute clip out of all of his interviews, like the famous Birdman shit, and then it goes from like him interviewing politicians like Andrew Yang and Elizabeth Warren. What what, what do you think was the shift? Was it like the? Didn't he interview Hillary Clinton? I'm yeah. not sure about yeah. that. Yeah, Hillary was it Clinton that? Didn't go on think? the Breakfast Club. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's true. Um, oh my God. I like memory hold that one, but yeah, I'm pretty sure you're spot on. Yeah. So here's what's funny. Um, and, and I don't know that I have the exact timeline, but I do have like the series of events and how this process happens. And like, we kind of joked at the beginning of the episode, like, Oh, a dude in the think tank decided like, I, listen, I don't think there's some like owl worshiping Illuminati that handpicked him as like, this is the be- this is the the weakest black man to uplift. Like I don't think that's like that's not really what I'm saying. What I am saying is, you have this guy who's a careerist driven by success, someone who has had success and and kind of has had that warped his v- views and position in the world, and it's only someone like that who's driven and has a team of people who, when he decided to pivot to publishing a book, are like, all right, here's how we're gonna sell you as a public intellectual let's line up these kind of interviews let's do this kind of thing and it's, mm. it's it's two ends there's there's people and and these are the real ghouls it's not even the people we see it's just the little office monkeys charlemagne's office monkeys and the dnc's office monkeys then collaborate and are like all right well and and the breakfast club people sell the breakfast club to the dnc like hey this is going to reach these audiences these are you know da. and the dnc goes Oh, that's great. Yep, this is how we reach black people, I guess. And then you build this, like, weird alliance where now the Breakfast Club is on the media press tour. And, like, and and then, obviously, Charlemagne has people advising him, all right, here's how you continue to pivot this opportunity into being, like, a a foremost... Because that's powerful. That's a position of power and influence. Mm. And I don't think Charlemagne is someone who's after that for nefarious ends. I'm sure that he's after that because he thinks that he could do good with that kind of platform. It's the people around him and the people in the D. It's like, you see, it's the little fucking ghouls. Mm. And because he's someone who isn't necessarily driven by some ideology or some, you know, I want to make things right for my people, just kind of a personal success story where he wants more individual achievement more than he probably wants success of a movement. And this is not me like character assassinating Charlemagne. Like 
he has shown that he really does want this movement to be successful and that he does care about black lives and even white protesters. He's like gone that far as to defend us. So like that's yeah, great. I, but like yeah, I at think the same he, time Oh, I was about to say like I think he does a good job at like pressing like these politicians when they go on there about, you know, these black issues and stuff. Whenever he brings up black people, I think that is something that he just is like, "Oh yeah, well what what are you going to do about it? What's actually your plan?" you know. Yeah. And I Which actually is something would I say, highly respect about him, but yeah, no, and I'd say he's very perceptive to that criticism of people in the media that have his role for not speaking for people, and so he does make a conscious effort to ask hard questions, and that's always what Charlemagne's been. Charlemagne, his whole he knows his shtick is to get hard questions and to get that minute interview, like you said. I am certain one of the most viewed things on the Breakfast Club YouTube channel right now is Joe Biden going, "If you don't vote for me, you ain't black." Charlemagne knows. Charlemagne's good. Yeah. He asked that question. Like Charlemagne <laughs> will always ask the tough questions, but a because he's incentivized to do so, and and it's a good thing that he is. And 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 you know, I, I that's probably my opinion on it, really. But you know, it's yeah. good. You kind of have a hardball uh, contrarian that is in this position. Would be even better if it didn't take someone careerist who's motivated by success and all these other things to get into that position of power. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could have someone like a Nico House, who uh, is a local North Carolina activist who has a pod YouTube channel, talks about all the same things we do. What if we had someone like him uh, speaking for the black community instead? Obviously, you're not going to because he's not someone who's chasing media clout in New York City. He doesn't have a team of people cooperating with the DNC. So, and, and like that's – it's not a personal issue with Charlemagne himself. I actually think Charlemagne's probably a pretty good dude, um, and I've gained a lot of respect for him since May. Um, prior to May, though, I do have an old tweet where I, I, I said, if this gets 10 likes, I will confront Charlemagne in the club and tell him. I saw Charlemagne at a club in Miami, and I said, 10 likes, and I'll confront him about how all his opinions on music are trash and irrelevant. <laughs> and uh, luckily, luckily, it didn't get 10 likes because it was like 2 a.m. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's too good. A lot, a lot of respect for Charlemagne, you know. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but, I don't but, know. Yeah. I, just, what, I just wish what, he what's would. What's your uh, take? What on just Charlemagne in general being the the face of the black community? I guess of Black America, or whatever you were just gonna say. Like, what do you wish he would do? I mean, I I, I just wish he would. I, I don't know, like because like you said, I feel like he does is just like the neoliberal, you know, yeah. and it's just not the socialist act. Like I feel like he knows what he's fighting for, and I think he what he wants is what all of us wants is like liberation for black people. Yeah, I think that is truly what Charlemagne wants. But how I th- what I think Charlemagne thinks that how that is possible to be achieved is not the right thing, and I think that aligns with certain right-wing talking points like it, it's more of a pull your pants up let's let's yeah type yeah, yeah, yeah yeah exactly and yeah. and i think it's i think that's just like not the the answer i don't know what has he had any takes about reparations that you know of i'm curious i actually don't i don't know but i'm yeah. sure actually you know what's funny is it wouldn't shock me if charlemagne has given voice to that kind of talking point that that would not like blow my mind or anything but I do think you alluded to something like he is more of a neoliberal, probably not a socialist. And like, how do you convert someone like that who's had success, who's really invested 
and seeing liberation kind of as using whatever black privilege you have to gain opportunity and work your way up the ladder in a white supremacist system, you know? Um, and in that, how do you, you radicalize someone like that? Is it even possible? Um, and when it comes down to it, when you have people like the, like that in those positions of power, wielding the talking points and setting the narrative, when it truly comes down to it at the end of the day, mm-hmm. are they going to want to protect their position in that social order or truly fight for the liberation of everybody? And, and that that's really the question. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, it's it feels like it's going to be the, the protect your position. Yeah. Him. Yeah. And, More and often I, than not. I mean, but... And unfortunately, I had to say that, but you know, yeah, and and and, but I think it's good because people are aware of that now more than ever. That oh, you know, there's a lot of people who, even though they might think they're arguing in good faith, are arguing for to protect something and to protect um, you know, what's the the MLK white moderate quote to protect a uh, 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 violent peace or whatever? It's not a good peace. It's not a just peace. Mm. It's a unjust peace that's what people end up often protecting um and i think people are aware of that um almost what to some would say to an almost overreacted extent like you see the M- m4a debate the force the vote debate people myself included are so willing to jump down anyone's throat talking against it who like has any kind of clout or even people talking for it who have any kind of clout because it's like you're just trying to gain more clout or protect your position or this is that and like I think it's good to be hyper aware of that and, and on the lookout for that. And I, I'm glad that that seems to be where things are moving. But, you know, I also think that it can be dangerous and, and, you know, we, you know, we should probably like, I don't think certain people, like, you know, there has to be a discussion um, and, and not to do the neolib thing of like, we always have to talk, but like, you know, there are hella people that do argue in bad faith and you should just like say, fuck you. But like I said, there's a lot of people that think they're arguing in good faith that aren't, and 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 they're worth working on. Um, and I don't know. Did you find yeah, anything? I think Charlemagne. I think Charlemagne falls into that good faith. Yeah. Um, camp. Yeah, for sure. And I and I, yeah, and I just think, I just think that I, I don't know. I maybe what what I'm thinking. What could be a radicalizing moment for him? If not like seeing George Floyd, like you know, I, I understand. Maybe I don't and know. I think maybe he's just arguing too deep. Him. I kind of feel like yeah. He, I mean, yeah. it is yeah. But yeah. But, I, but what I'm saying is like he's already maybe in too deep with like maybe like the DNC ghouls, like you were talking about. Yeah. And it's like, well, fuck, I can't like really step back, or they're gonna like cut me, you know? Or, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> or, who or, knows? He may be in that situation, or like, yeah. And it's not, and it's even just subconscious. Like you know that this is the route that's you know been good. You don't want to you know bite the hand that feeds you, kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, dude. And like, I just it, it's incentive. It's incentives. People are driven by incentives, um, unless you're brains broken like myself you you know you're a rat who's in the maze driven by incentives and like that uh-huh. is how most people work um and it, fuck the real question i think long term is how do we work against that because people will always be incentivized to protect capital and uphold it um and it's really about building solidarity with others and and you know what's mm-hmm. funny I, who's to say if charlemagne is um 
is 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 going to be for the movement or against. I think the real thing is, and if the past couple of weeks have shown us anything, is that the future is not going to be decided by Charlemagne, any of the blue checks, um, anyone in the per- correct discussion. It's going to be decided by everyday people, um, and, and 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 by ener- energy that is uncontrollable, that no one can mm-hmm. misdirect or push in a certain direction. That is just genuine. Um, I'm fed up, and people people stand up. That 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 is what's going to happen. And, and working to achieve that, um, you know, I think when you're in the media and, and and you think that the way out is to fit within the system and to make it work within the system, you want to naturally throw water on that energy because you that's dangerous. Um, to, to, to yeah. all the, the social order and institutions that you somewhat benefit from. And like that is, since that's always going to be the case, no matter, you know, whether on a case by case basis, some people might be more open to being radicalized or not. We're always going to have to know that they're going to throw water on the movement and just burn hard enough that it doesn't matter, you know? And, and that's, that's the reality going yeah. forward. I feel like. Yeah, um, what, do, what do you think it's going to take for, for people to rise up in solidarity? Is it going to take some atrocious act by the U.S. government on its actual citizens for that to happen? Or what, what, do, you th- what do you foresee? Like, I, I don't ever—I try to envision this in my head, what exactly it looks like. Like, what is the moment? Like, George Floyd felt like the moment. You know yeah. what I mean? That That felt like something. Well, that's but the then thing. Obviously, dude. my thing, my thing is, it's gonna have to be so much worse. If George Floyd wasn't enough, what is it gonna fucking take? You yeah. know. But you know that's, what? That's what just worries me so bad. It wasn't just George Floyd. There was something in the air, um, in that moment mm. where it was like, "This is it." And and I, I I always like even to you, try to remember that energy those first couple weeks. It was there. People were done, and people mm. were ready to say "fuck you" until things changed. A variety of factors sucked the the wind out of that. COVID, I think, being first and foremost one of them. That's, I think, what kept me off the streets more than anything did. Um, and, and I think mm. that's probably the same for most people. So once that's over, you, I, I think you're going to see a social uprising bigger than anything the United States has ever seen. We already have. Um, I tell but, you, that that's funny you say that because I have that same feeling right now, like a fuck you change you know what i mean that's like that general feeling i've had when i've read any political headline these past couple days even with like the medicare for all all that shit it's just like man fuck it why are we so pussy french french people will just fucking if they change a fucking law about croissants they'll be up in the fucking (laughs) prime minister's house burning down shit the next fucking day but like we we're like oh we have to be kind and respectful so so we could get that next inch that we ever so been fighting for for the next 20 years dude fuck that yeah i'm so fucking sick of it and you know what here's the thing so many other people are and like you look at uh, the the force the vote thing is really encouraging to me because that's bad on display. People who are just saying "fuck this," we're not even going to listen to AOC. We think more needs to be done, and we got to fight harder. That's awesome. That's great. That energy, yeah. regardless of whether the strategy is right or not, is exactly the energy that we need. Um, and like, here's the thing, dude. I think it's like 
they're always going to just move the goalposts a little bit and a little bit so it's never too much at once and, and people are never going to be too fed up. But once in a while, someone's going to fuck up and overstep like a George Floyd thing and it's just going to be so clear of an atrocity that people are going to go, you know what? We're on the right side of this and, 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 and it's going to take longer for them to muddy the waters like it did with this. What I saw this summer, there was a brutal backlash by the police and the state was so violent. And I just want to make that clear. The state was so violent. I'm not saying the state wasn't violent. But the state backlash, when I think about what people were calling for and what would have been acceptable with a lot of the country and could have gotten approved as far as let's go mow down these protesters. Let's jail all these people for this long. Let's let's go really fuck them up. Let's send in the National Guard of this city. The, the hand being hesitant, the U.S. Empire's kind of hesitance to really crack down on the protest was, I think, because they knew if they did some atrocity, you were going to radicalize all those people to go, oh, maybe the protesters are right. Look at how the U.S. Empire responded to them. And then that's the radicalized mm. wave. Like, it's like, um, it's like, uh, you know, it's a chain effect. It's not... And, and that's the thing. I think they're so worried about that, that, that there has been. And that's why there's so much effort put into muddying the waters and approving non-U.S. entities to go do their dirty work, like Kyle Rittenhouse and uplifting kind of the Proud Boys and these other militias to go strike fear into the protesters because they know they can't. Um, and, and, and here's the thing. I think something that could come out about a directive, a high level to cops – to be able to cooperate with the Proud Boys is something that could radicalize people. But what I think is going to happen is information is going to come out about what happened this summer. And here's the thing. It probably isn't going to be some conspiracy top-down, let's work with the Proud Boys. It's decisions made at each local department level from A, sympathy, but B, strategy to work with these people. And maybe it's going to take some really brave journalists um, and independent media figures like you and myself to do the work of sorting through all the camera footage, hacking communications, getting these getting these people and getting proof that they not only worked against a movement for freedom, but worked with white nationalists to subdue a black nationalist movement. That um that's something that I think, you know, if you can really prove it and put it out into the ether there, um that could be radicalizing. But here's the thing. I almost feel like the, there's the tools in place to muddy the waters and lock down anything. So maybe it really just takes people who are already fed up, getting a little more fed up and really standing up. And, like, that's the thing, dude. I think there's so many people out there that are fucking done. Um, and what the system is promising them isn't as good of a deal as solidarity with their fellow human beings. And the hope for a better world. And like, that's yeah. that's it. I just have to think, maybe you're right. It does have to get a little worse before it gets better. And that fucking sucks. Um, but on top of that, it's going to have to get a lot worse for people like me, I think. And like, I don't think we get to liberation without, you know, people doing some jail stints. And doing putting some real work in. And really fighting the U.S. Empire in some serious ways that we haven't yet seen. And like... And, and, and then maybe we show them, you know, in the same way how the Kaepernick protest looks like nothing now compared to the Black Lives Matter movement this summer, we show them, oh, that mm -hmm. wasn't shit, and we should have listened to them. 
because here is some re- here's some real like all here's a real boogeyman, you know? And and maybe it is just gonna mm-hmm. take some real sick in the head motherfuckers. I've been reading about the Russian Revolution. Um I got this book Storming the Gates <laughs> from Liberation Media. Um and it, it's pretty good yeah. and it it took some really hardened motherfuckers to get shit cracking in that country. And uh but if there's one thing the US Empire is cranking out right now more than ever, it is some alienated, resentful, hard motherfuckers. Um and so you know, we'll see where that leads them. I don't think it's going to be a good place. Damn. I think that's a good place to leave it. All right, man. Well, that was a good episode. Thanks for that. I like that. I like talking about Charlemagne. Um, but before we go, you're, you're going to get superpowers in two hours, dude. Oh yeah. Shit. I'm so ready to like get teleportation and then like teleport inside a bank vault and just be this evil villain who just steals money yeah. and gets my reparations and gives it to other black people. Maybe, that's my maybe superpower. Maybe that's how it takes <laughs> off is, you know, whoever came up with this theory is right. Around December 21st, black people mm-hmm. get superpowers and we live in the new and, and Charlemagne is Charles Xavier bald in a wheelchair and he he leads he leads the black community to their reparations. No cap. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, Let's, yes. I can't uh, wait. I really hope. I can't wait to true. report to Charlemagne and live in a big house with him and do all that. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait to be the Hawkeye of the Black <laughs> Avengers. Just no superpowers. Just. <laughs> You just got a good ass suit. I just I introduce you to the whole squad. Be like, listen, he's been fighting for. Listen to the podcast, dude. Listen. He's got a bow and arrow. Just let him let him shoot some fucking robots. He 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 nice with it. He nice with it. I promise. Oh shit. Oh fuck. Oh man. Yeah, man. So so. Yeah, I can't wait. I, 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 I can't wait to like have that moment where it's like Hannibal Burris on Eric Andre's show and he's just like looking at us. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I can't wait to just that be me in like two hours. Just like, just looking. Yeah. Just, I have so much power. <laughs> what, so what power do you want? Tele- teleportation, teleportation for That's sure. That's a pretty good one. You ever seen the movie Jumper? Honestly, uh, I have not. I've wanted to watch that for so long because that's like one of like that's like one of the things I'm really nerdy about is like teleporting. That's always been like the coolest fucking thing to me. Yeah. Because like think about it, I could just like that eliminates so many costs of so much stuff. You don't have to pay for a car anymore. Mm-hmm. You could just pop up at people's cribs like yeah. anytime. Before the midnight, it's just a great fucking thing. Like if you got beef with somebody, just pop up in their crib. What'd you say? I don't know. I, I, I don't even... I said I... Uh, I don't know what I said, honestly. But you should watch Jumper tonight before you get superpowers. It's a, it's a pretty good film about dudes that teleport. It's a good movie. Ooh, that, that's awesome. I should get some research yeah, done. Exactly. Before, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Before... Because he tries to rob banks, and there's he runs into issues. So you can, you can find a workaround. Oh, there's issues yeah. there? So you, you should watch oh. this shit. I don't want to spoil anything, but... I see. You should, you should I see. I see. It's an interesting watch. Good for call your, uh, for your studies for your preparation. <laughs> good, good call, man. 
All right. Um, that's a fucking good app. Right. Let's, let's leave it there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Peace all out, right. y'all. We'll uh, see you next time. Next time episode. Yeah, episode 31. 32. See you, 32. Niggas. See y'all. 32.